Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Indeed, episode 76 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation is your boy, Jeff Manns. One Man's Opinion, coming at you here late July. Fantasy football season is ramping up. Training camps are open across the National Football League. Got a lot to talk about with you today. I'm flying solo on this episode, but uh, you guys are wonderful, wonderful reviews that have been pouring in from our fantasy football round table. And thus you guys wish it, we deliver it. We will have more round tables for you in the days and weeks ahead. So I'm very excited about the direction of the podcast and the way uh, you guys are reviewing it. And uh, please continue to do so. This is one man's opinion. This is episode 76. I am Jeff Vance. In case you're just stumbling in, welcome, everybody. Uh, you can find me uh, hosting SiriusXM's Fantasy Sports Radio Elite Sports from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius 210XM87 every weekday afternoon. I'm also very pleased to announce I'll be back for the, my fifth or sixth season, I don't even know anymore, of hosting Sirius XM fantasy football pregame show Sunday mornings, 11 to 1 a.m. or 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. The pregame show on Sundays with my main man, Bob Harris. So I'm excited to be doing that on Sirius XM. I'm also owner, operator, and uh, the guy all over the Elite Sports Network that comprises fantasyguru.com, 2020 fan, 2021 fantasy football draft guide. 2020 is there too. If you want to go back in time, we don't take anything down by the way. We're not pussies. Like we don't, I'm not shying away from my thoughts from last year, or 35 years ago, baby. We don't, we're not worried about, uh, it didn't age. Well, yeah, our shit ages beautiful, like a fine wine Fantasyguru.com. the projections and rankings and offensive line breakdowns and the coaching breakdowns that are only found one place in the world. You do not get 32 teams head coach. Offense coordinator, defense coordinator, offensive line coaches, assistants, position coaches, general manager, player personnel director, director of scouting. You don't get write-ups on them and the systems they play. What, what style of offense? Air raid, West Coast, Air Coriel, Erhard Perkins, spread offense, option offense, power running scheme, zone running scheme, outside zone, inside zone, four, three fronts on the defense, three, four fronts of hybrid four, three, uh, three, two, five zones uh, in on the defense side of the ball, press coverage, man coverage zones, uh, whatever, cover two, cover three, cover one, single high safety, baby. We break it all down. If you've ever been curious, ever want to know more about the game of football and then how to win in fantasy football, it's there at fantasyguru.com. EliteFantasy.com. Uh, this is the last episode, last podcast in which you guys will be able to get the early bird pricing for the EliteFantasy.com daily fantasy football uh, coverage over there. It, it As of August 1st, the price goes up. Uh, if you're listening to this after August 1st and you're pissed that you missed it, I'm sorry. But listen, to justify it for you, it is – from last year's price, which is where our early bird price is now, you're getting three extra week. You get more. You got two extra strategy articles. You're getting three preseason 
fantasy football breakdowns, slate breakdowns. You're actually getting seven total slate breakdowns within those three weeks. Um, so take that for what it's worth, uh, t- you know, two plus a week for those slates. You're also getting an extra week of the NFL regular season. You're also getting full playoff coverage as well, which includes a much bigger first round week and second round or second round week than we're accustomed to seeing because the expanded playoffs in the NFL. So pound sand, baby, it's a lot, but listen, it's it's the least we can do to uh, for the coverage we provide and the winning that uh, comes with it. So get in there, elitefantasy.com immediately upon listening to this to ensure you're with us the entire season. EliteSportsBetting.com, same thing applies there. Early bird pricing over there. If you're in a legalized sports betting state, as I will be as of September 9th, if you're in Arizona like me, baby, we're making money. We're gonna we're gonna make money. If you want to know where, what my biggest interest is for this coming NFL season, um, you hopefully I've been very upfront with everybody. I love money. I like to make it, I like to win it. And that is what I do. So I am going to make a lot more money this year than I ever have because of sports betting being legalized in Arizona. I've never had a losing season in NFL betting. All my bets have been published. I don't play tricks with you. I don't inflate with certain parlays or uh, max entry, you know, max uh, uh, unit bets and chat room only bets and all that bullshit. Don't ever do it. It's all posted well in advance for you to follow along and uh, come along with it. Have another winning season with us at EliteSportsBetting.com. If you're interested in the all three fantasy guru, elite fantasy, elite sports betting, Email us support at elitefantasy.com or, or support at fantasyguru.com. Either way, say you're interested in the big three package, and then we'll give you a little discount, pretty big discount on all three. So if you're interested in that, I got a lot to talk about on today's show. So since I'm solo, by the way, follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram. Snapchat and my favorite over there on TikTok. All right. So um, it is, we've got that going on. Since I'm solo today, I'm going to go over, I've done two drafts, full drafts. I've done uh, several mock drafts for publications and things like that. But I did a draft this week and I finished a draft a week ago. Scott Fishbowl League, that's a super flex. So two quarterback, it is a, um, deep draft it is a tight end premium league as well so we'll talk about that and then i did the pros versus joes just this week i finished it actually just as i'm recording this yesterday on um recording this on a wednesday evening and late night wednesday and then i'll have it uh, i just did the execute the draft yesterday so fresh off my mind so i'm going to go through those two drafts i'm going to go round by round kind of tell you what i was thinking what i was hoping um pitfalls and everything else i should mention that the Manifesto, that is my 2021 fantasy football draft plan, is live over there at fantasyguru.com. I usually don't publish this thing until the first week of August, but it's there for you. I was done with it in mid-July, and it's all pretty and looks nice. The, the Manifesto is you. There's nothing else you could possibly want from me, at least. You could, you know, other information and strategies and things. Sure. I break down just about every basic league structure. There is two quarterback, 
IDP, you know, all these types of things. Then I go into um, my position by position strategy, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. What's the overall strategy? Targets. Who, who am I looking at? Who do I like in ADP? Who do I not like? Targets and fades at each position. And then I go through actual round by round executing a draft. And within that round by round coverage, I tell you what my um, uh, what the biggest uh, uh, draft pockets, which you guys all love the draft pockets, right? Uh, what the draft pockets were, what the big, the best value option, the most upside pick within that round, the biggest risk, the player I'm absolutely not touching, I'm out on, uh, and then I draft two teams simultaneously. In one case, I play out two scenarios in the manifesto. Number one is the, and I'll go through the whole manifesto with you on a in a podcast form, probably a couple of weeks after we do some more roundtables and things like that. But I go through the perfect draft. What were what would I draft if everything worked out how I want? What's the perfect draft? And obviously Christian McCaffrey in the 20th round. No, 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 not idiotic like that. Just certain players falling. And basically the way I do that is go by ADP data. And what's the latest a player is drafted? What's the latest they've been drafted, right? And then I pick sort of with the right players falling, what a perfect draft would be. And then I go through a more realistic approach in the all-man's team. The all-man's team is just, we're in the middle of the draft. We're executing right in the middle. Yep, we get some of you know some players will fall to us. We'll take players ahead of slot in a couple instances. But what one of my drafts would look like the majority of the time. So two different drafts, and uh, again, those teams are at the top of the manifesto. It's only at fantasyguru.com. So get in there right now with it. Um, let's start out with I got to get some stuff off my chest. I know those of you who listen to the elite sports show on Sirius XM's fantasy sports radio are tired of me talking about Aaron Rodgers, but fuck you. I could say that uh, Aaron Rodgers is an absolute buffoon. He shit all over the Packers franchise and their fans. And if you're such a fucking cock, a cuck that you will let this guy talk to you in that way, then it's fine. Just be the cuck and sit there with your thumb in your mouth and the other thumb up your ass and be a cuck. Fine. I get it. Sometimes if the Packers are your favorite team, you want to root for Aaron Rodgers. Don't say he's a good guy. Don't say he cares about your team. Don't think he cares about you. He fucking hates you. He said it. The only reason anybody would be in Green Bay, Green Bay is not a vacation town. Fuck you. I've taken my family to Green Bay on vacation. I used to live in Illinois. I We've been there. We've been to Door County. We've been to Green Bay. We have been to Milwaukee. We have been to the Wisconsin Dells. I have been to Platteville. I've been all over that state. I love Wisconsin. It's a great place. One of the most underrated states in the union. Um, good down-home people that mean well and just support their team. Look what they did for the Milwaukee Bucks. And this fucking asshole comes out and says, nobody comes here unless they want to play for me. Bullshit. There's been a lot of players that have come through Green Bay that have wanted to play there way before. Did Reggie White choose to leave Philadelphia to come to Green Bay to play for Aaron fucking Rodgers? No. Aaron Rodgers was six years old when Reggie White did that. So screw him. Screw that. Having said that, he's a valuable fantasy piece. 
I moved him up in the rankings now. He was outside the top 12, of course, because we didn't know. I thought that I was wrong. I thought there was a viable chance he'd retire. There was a viable chance he retired. He admitted it. So I'm not wrong on it. I waged it at 25% back with the Packers, 25% back with uh, or with another team, 25% that he just retired. Um, and I upped it to 33 between those three, actually. At, at my last go round, but he chooses to come back one last year. Then he's going to leave. He's gone after this. So all you Packers fans defending his press conference the other day. And now a year from now, you're going to shit all over him. So just save yourself the trouble. Use him for one more year and then be on with it. Um, Devonte Adams. I have Aaron Rodgers one spot behind Lamar Jackson. So he's fifth on my my quarterback board now. And um, I got totally, I'm good with that. I, th- I think that's the right place. One of the things that every, everyone's like, oh, all right, he got his freedom. Aaron Rodgers gets to leave. Cool, 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 cool. But what if he gets injured? If he gets injured and he's a career injury, it's going to be 30 eight this year will be 39 next year when he hits the free agent market everyone wants the 39 year old right quarterback um he gets hurt and anything significant that's going to be a major problem or if he wins the super bowl at green bay is he sure he's going to want to leave i don't know about that either so there's two real distinct possibilities and considering that they are 26 and 6 over the last two seasons and been in back-to-back nfc championship games do we really believe the Green Bay Packers can't make it to and win the Super Bowl? I think that's kind of wrong to think that. So this idea that he's just going to leave is all bullshit anyway. Having said that, Devontae Adams is my number one fantasy wide receiver. That's an absolute given. On the SiriusXM show today, I told you all one player that you absolutely must invest in in 2021 that is randall cobb you must invest in randall cobb okay so randall cobb is the player the beacon the this will this trade that randall cobb is coming to green bay from the houston texans for draft picks this will forever be known as the aaron Rodgers trade this is the trade that got aaron Rodgers into camp and basically what's happening is Aaron Rodgers is throwing a hissy fit. Anybody who's ever dealt with kids, any parents out there that know what I'm talking about, that's, that's all this is with Rodgers. He's a petulant child. He's a big freaking crybaby. And when you deal with crybabies and if you're in a public place, but when it's out in the media, you don't worry about the, um, you don't worry about, when it's in public you just you give them a sucker you give them a piece of candy whatever it takes to get them out of the public eye and get this back behind closed doors because that's what where you need this to come so it's not about the sucker it's not about the candy or the delicious treat that you you know get the kid to shut the fuck up with which is what they did with Rodgers. So it's not about the trade for the Packers. They just did it just to do it. Rodgers will point to this as the reason he's back and it's bullshit, but he is such a dramatic egomaniac. There are egomaniacs and they're dramatic. And that's egomaniacs and that's Aaron Rodgers. He is going to make damn sure 
that Randall Cobb eats this season. He is going to get Cobb involved, make big plays, deep passing plays. Randall Cobb is going to be a huge fantasy asset for teams. Do not make any mistake about it. Let's keep this to ourselves, though, because we don't want to draft Randall Cobb in the sixth round. That isn't what this is about. That isn't what we want here. We don't want anything to do with that. What we want is Randall Cobb in the 10th round, 11th round. He is currently, I think he's a 14th round pick with uh, the, the Texans this year. And that's with the possibility, which I'll get to in a moment, of Deshaun Watson playing for the Houston Texans. So that being said, uh, people pretty excited about, you know, or weren't excited about Randall Cobb. Let's make sure they're, they continue to not be excited about Randall Cobb. All right. Let's, let's make damn sure that they, uh, the majority of people, so that we don't have to draft him as anything, but our wide receiver five or six. And then, if things play out the way we believe they're going to play out, he will become our wide receiver three. And that's a championship level wide receiver three. So that's what I'm talking about. That's a late round target. We all need to be in on, but if his cost gets too high, if too many people start sniffing this one out, well, we're going to, you know, I'm not just going to draft Randall Cobb in the fifth round, just because we have to get him. Now fuck that. So be careful with where you're drafting him, but it's Adams, who is the number one wide receiver in the game and in fantasy football, and then it's Randall Cobb. You can forget Amari Rodgers. You can forget Alan Lazard. You can forget Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. These don't even need to be addressed. They, The Packers are not going to be able to support three wide receivers in this, uh, this offense. So it's Adams, it's Cobb, Tunyon moves up. I don't love Robert Tunyon because of how – Touchdown dependent he is, but with Rodgers now in tow, he gets an increase in value. But uh, and then Aaron Jones, of course, that's it. That's the Packers offense. The only ones you should be even looking at. So that's my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. I won't belay this point. I've talked about it a lot. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about here, as uh, you know, we start this podcast before I get into all of my um my drafts that I've done over the last couple of weeks is um, COVID and, you know, address some of the people that have been asking. It's a popular topic in our chat room over at fantasyguru.com and those of you drafting teams and, and everything. What do you do now since COVID is such a big part of life? Again, you know, it's all, it's all come back. Everything's the NFL is, has made a bold stand. I, they should. I know. I, I think I've filtered most of you out of this podcast by now. Those of you who are weak, those of you who don't like other people's opinions and debates, don't really listen to this podcast. I, I don't believe. Uh, if you do, kudos to you. Honestly, I have much respect for that. But you know, too much, too much of what you all do, and this is one where I'm not including myself because it's your fucking all you listeners. You guys are the fuck ups of this. You are it's not nobody's fault, but you're, you guys politicize things. The government doesn't, the media doesn't. It's you. It used to be the media, not the media. And the media doesn't, the media does. I mean, media is straight out. There's this channel is left, this channel's right. That's it. 
that's it. It's now everybody individually on social media that brings their political beliefs and precipitates it into society, which I just don't believe in. I don't, I'll never, you'll never see me be a follower of one fucking side or the other. Like, good. How you can't have independent thoughts, I'll never understand. But again, um, and I could say that safely now because I don't think you guys are listening. You guys are all listening to either Fox News or fucking CNN or MSNBC or whatever fuck you know you, you listen to. Um, so I, I say that with COVID because I want to win money this year. I want to win my leagues. That's what I'm and I want to and I'm going to. I know I'm going to because I will treat COVID the right way for that purpose. For my purpose, the NFL is not going to shy away. You will, Rick Dennison got fired, even though he's not technically fired, but he's got demoted because he won't get vaccine. If you're not going to get vaccinated, the, the NFL's policy, what they came up with last week, and they've made very clear, is that if you're a coach or an owner or a general manager or any of the, if you're a coach, basically, anybody a coach that, and you're not going to get vaccinated, you're not going to be a coach. You can have a role in the organization, but you can't come in contact with players, period. They, they don't, and the NFL isn't, those of you who think, yeah, man, they are doing this and, you know, they're pro. Biden, I had to think, I honestly don't even remember who the fuck president is. Who, you know, whatever, they, they're pro. No, they're not. No, you're an idiot for thinking that. They're pro the NFL. They're pro money. They're pro themselves, as you should be. Do what is best for you. That's great. Don't start listening to people who have other ulterior motives for other reasons. You, if you're not benefiting from your theories, then it really doesn't make any sense to have those theories. You know what I mean? It really doesn't. It, it's okay to have, you want to be independent thinkers, but if it just if you're just taking somebody else's thoughts and using somebody else's words and somebody else's research so uh, it doesn't and it doesn't benefit you you're you're just an idiot sorry but you're the people that everybody else steps on right um the nfl will do what's best for the nfl and they don't care and we learned it in 2020 with nfl did what no other sport could do what no other government fucking public schools public schools couldn't do what the NFL did. They said, we're playing and we're marching on every player that got COVID every, then you're, you're left out. You're not going on the field that day. You're away from the team. You're out. They traced contact everywhere. They did with countries, including ours. Nobody else was able to do. They were the smartest people in the world, in the world. Let me un let you understand that. Nobody did it better than the NFL. They were ahead of governments and they were ahead of fucking the CDC and WHO and whatever fucking Fauci and fucking, uh, I don't know who the guy in Fox News is, whoever, Tucker Carlson or whatever. They were ahead of everybody. They're smarter than everybody. They went through it and they made a full, complete season with very little interruption or problems and postponements to delays and they moved on. They are going to do that again. Nobody's getting, nobody will stop the train of the NFL. Just nobody. Your stupid protesters, stupid anti-vax, pro-vax, whatever side you're on, 
you're not stopping this. So understand it. All right. So understand that. So what do we do? Some people have asked me what Jeff DeAndre Hopkins was my number one receiver. Now he's number two. You've said time and time again, or he says time and time again, he's not getting a vaccine. He doesn't want to get the vaccine. How are we evaluating that? Okay. I've thought a lot about this because that's an important, very important thing. What I have decided for 2021 is this. I'm going to play 2021 like 2020. Same things, except I'm more experienced in that way. Meaning ways to COVID proof your league, set your league up as a commissioner in the leagues that I run. I'm going to continue using team kicker, team quarterback. I hate kicker, but team quarterback, not individual quarterbacks. That's what I'm doing this year. I'm going to have team quarterback. Why? Because that way when a player gets hurt or not hurt uh, COVID, if a quarterback were to, you don't have to scramble or keep, you know, all these quarterbacks and horde quarterback. It's unnecessary. Just have a team quarterback. If I want Aaron Rodgers, I'm Packers quarterback. I'll draft him in the fifth round or sixth round, wherever it takes. Team quarterback, more injured reserve spots. Players are going to go on COVID list. You know, vaccination rates fluctuate between over 90% for winners like the Chiefs to you know, under 50 on teams like, um, I believe, I don't, I honestly don't know what teams, uh, I think the Cowboys were very low, but whatever. Okay, fine. Those players, I'm not going to devalue the players for whether they vaxxed or didn't vax or any of that. For one, you could still get COVID with, even though you vaxxed, you won't get as sick and all that kind of stuff. Maybe fine, but it doesn't, I don't care about how sick they get. I care about if they're on the field and they wouldn't be on the field. So really the vax anti-vax doesn't matter as much, but I do know it's going to be a problem and it's going to spread in training camps and it's going to spread in the preseason and the regular season. So I'm, pl- I'm setting my leagues up appropriately. More injured reserve spots. All right, we, we kept them. We had a minimum of three in every league last year. I'm going to keep that number right there. Bigger benches, bigger injured, more injured reserve spots for that, specifically for reasons people could put somebody in IR, pick up a new player, and move on. I'm also going to make sure there's not just one or two waiver periods running either. I think waiver periods need to be more often. You need to be able to pick up a guy on Sunday morning. You have to be able to do that because that's the testing. That's the final protocol. So um, that's going to come into play as well. So if you ran a best ball league last year instead, or a DFS league where you don't have to draft a team at the beginning and you could change your rosters and lineups every year. I think these are, if you like that version of you like that way, I strongly encourage you doing it again. I really do. I have an article at fantasy guru talking about 10 ways to COVID proof your league. I actually have 11 on there and um, I'll, you know, updated it for 2021. I think it's kind of the same type of scenario. Uh, that we played under 2020, but that's, I'm not going to do downgrade players for that. Um, if you know, when I know I, there's a Deandre Hopkins or other star players that are not vaccinated, um, they're more susceptible. And thus I have to, it's just like being more injury prone, won't completely rule them out or completely downgrade them. But I would, I would build my roster. If I'm drafting anti-vax guys in the early rounds, I'm going to, insure them in the later rounds now 
with running backs, maybe even quarterback. Quarterback, you solve it by doing team quarterback. But otherwise, if, I don't know who backup quarterback you would really want to get. I guess Jordan Love for Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I'm iffy on that unless you're in deep quarterback leagues. But handcuffing your running backs, number one. And handcuffing your receivers, too. You know, I always mention the Meikle Hardman, Tyree Kill handcuff. I think that's a very, very viable one. We just saw the Michael Thomas situation. Traquan Smith is the backup. So if Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, is our anti-vax kind of poster boy right now, if I draft DeAndre Hopkins, I either add another usable piece, perfect Randall Cobb compliment, by the way, or um, if it's a deeper league and if Hopkins were to go down, maybe it's uh, it's uh, Christian Kirk who will play in the slot, but will play in the, on the outside too if Hopkins goes down. So build your team appropriately. Build your team the right way. Um, that's the way I am going about it and dealing with the COVID situation this year. Um, what else? Other news, Deshaun Watson, you are going to hear in one of my drafts, I drafted Deshaun Watson, draft him super late. I think the time to draft him as a backup quarterback in super deep rounds is here. The way things are looking now, Sean Watson might play in 2021. I don't think it's a 50. I don't think it's over 50%. I think it's about a 25% chance. That he does, but that's a that's a big chance. If Deshaun Watson didn't go through all this legal problems, if that didn't happen, then I would have him as my number two quarterback in fantasy football, and he'd be fourth or fifth round pick. Okay, so even with the seemingly lack of good receivers or lack of Houston's offense, look at what he did last year with a terrible offense. He'll put up big numbers. So he's worth taking that late, super late shot on. All right. And see where it goes. I still got to believe the NFL couldn't possibly, could not possibly have, couldn't possibly allow him to play with the legal issues with the massage therapist and all these accusations flinging. Now I will, I'm going to tell you guys the story. This is podcast only shit. Um, I got sent a report to, um, by the way, my, you hear my chair squeaking. You hear that? That's uh, I'm, I'm using the same chair that I do for the Sirius XM show. So I wonder if you could hear that on XM. I got a WD 40, this bitch, but, um, the, I got a sense of report. All right. That says speculates. No, it, the, the report is a report, but it's, I think it's speculative and I won't go to air with it. I'm not the breaking news guy. I'm not, you know, if I know a player, I know, see, I have contacts in the NFL. I, a few, I still have contacts in certain newspapers. I worked at one in Chicago for years and um, for a couple of years, not years and years. I, <laughs> I tried to get in for years and years. I didn't get in until a couple of years. So I've got, I got contacts. And um, I don't like to out my contacts. I don't like to run with their reporting. I don't want to be the first. I'm not a news breaker. I'm a news reactor. I'll tell you how to interpret it. I'll tell you what it means. That's my job. I've learned that throughout my career. Ten years ago, I used to think, I used, hey, fuck, man, five years ago, I used to fancy myself as, hey, it's, I'm the Adam Schefter of fantasy football. Now, fuck that. I'm not that guy. So I got sent a report that says 
Jack Easterby and the McNair family, uh, the, the son, um, obviously, is running it right now. That this is, they are the ones that put several of the women up to accusing Deshaun Watson. I don't know that from Adam. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if it's wrong. I know Easter B is not to be trusted. The McNairs, they have a big name family, and you'd think a lot higher of them. Somehow they got tricked by Easter B, so I don't know. It's the only reason I give this any kind of credit at all. Um, I don't like this kind of behavior. Again, it's something I, can't, I never talk about on Sirius because I can't do it, is that I don't, if you're the kind of guy who, you know, if you're Harvey Wines, I don't like people that use their power specifically on women. Um, I have two daughters of my own and, you know, a teacher or a boss or whatever, somebody that's entrusted people, you guys, all of us need to realize it. You know, I didn't most of my life. Have I pressured people or women or something? I don't, never in that kind of situation, but I, you know, you don't know what somebody's interpretation. We need to be better as men, just interpret, understanding what somebody else is feeling and going through and their perception of what's happening. We may be trying to get a date and trying to get a woman to go out with us, but they see it as a, they see it as a power play. If you're their boss or if you're, you hold any kind of power and you have to understand that. And that's the thing. So if Deshaun Watson who was one of my favorite players in the NFL going, you know, last year and coming into this year, if he's guilty of this in any way, shape or form, he needs to be punished. And if his career ended, I would say it's appropriate. His career should end. I just don't got time for that. I don't approve of it. I think it's weak shit and it's a bummer from a fan perspective and from a fantasy perspective, but I, you know, when it comes to real life, I don't care about that. Nobody should have to go through what these women went through. If obviously it happens now, if this is some sort of setup, <laughs> then the other side has to fry too. So I don't know what the right answer is. I know if you're giving me the end of July, beginning of August here, Deshaun Watson in round 12 or 14 or 16, I'm taking it. I'll take the chance. And if not, I throw it away and we'll see what else. Now, again, many of us are, aren't draft. My majority of my teams won't be drafting until late August, early September. So we should know more by that point. But the fact that he's at camp right now with the Texans, that's pretty freaking stunning. Stunning that the office would let them do that. And maybe it, it, this could happen in a week where they say, no, nah, get the fuck out of here. We don't, we don't want you anywhere near the team. And that could happen. And if that's the case, then we change our minds. But that's where I sit on Deshaun Watson right now as well. So um, with that being said, let me dive into some drafts here. By the way, if you guys got topics, again, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts, any ideas, guests that you'd like on the podcast. I'm not the news guy or the, the – uh, um, but the beat writer. No, I'm not doing that. I want, if you want me to have a fun guest, somebody has an opinion, not a wallflower. That's what I'm about. I'm not about these others. So I, uh, you know, Schefter, that's about Glazer Schefter. Those are only two guys I'd be interested from a new standpoint. Um, anyway, 
Let's go into my drafts. Scott Fishball draft. I've never really broke this down for you. It's a two quarterback tight end. It's super flex. So it's not technically two quarterback, but you get one quarterback spot, one super flex. It could be a quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end that you start. Most people use that as a quarterback slot. And I did in this draft too. I had the second pick overall. It's also a tight end premium. So tight end premium, it's a point and a half per reception for tight ends only. It's a point per reception for running backs, receivers, and anybody else. It's a point and a half for tight ends. Now it's also a half a point bonus for first downs. Okay, and that comes into play with my draft because I took that scoring system significantly and uh, and there you go. So um, my I took I had the second slot and it is a uh, twelve team league. All right, total overall twelve team league, uh, and with all those rules in place and it's twenty two rounds. It's a slow draft. It's for charity fantasy care fantasy cares that net. Very very strong advocate. Um, donate every single year as you should as well. You could buy t-shirts and donate and do all that stuff. And I strongly suggest you do it in second slot that I had here. Um, number one pick off the board was pretty surprising. Patrick Mahomes quarterback premium league. The guy next to me was it went quarterback quarterback. He went Mahomes and Rogers. Now at the time he chose Rogers was fucking idiotic, just idiotic. It worked out. You could be dumb and you can make bad decisions and they work out. doesn't absolve you from them ever working. It's because you made a stupid move. So that was a stupid pick, especially when he did it three weeks ago. And uh, it has worked out thus far. But I'll even go as far. It was a terrible idea. He tried to go zero running back. And he's going to lose this league because of it. Um, Mostly because if you're in a league with me, you're not going zero running or you shouldn't go zero running back. Cause I am the ball breaker of zero running backs, zero running back theory. In case you don't know, it all revolves around. We're going to take wide receivers uh, and quarterbacks and tight ends early. And then we'll come back and basically they'll just going to take a ton of backup running backs. And then they just wait for them to want whatever they want. One running back to, tear his ACL, get hurt, suspended, whatever. And then, oh, look at me. They want to fall into it. They want to luck into it. And the problem is not so many people don't handcuff. And thus, when you don't handcuff your running backs, these guys come in, they play zero RB. While you're drafting the starters, they're drafting the best wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks on the board. And then they come back and draft your backups because you're too fucking idiotic to draft them. So... And then if you're running back, it's hurt. Guess what? You're done. Your season's you're fucking done. And they got your, they got the starting running back of the Panthers, Vikings, so on and so forth. I don't play that. I back up my guys. I handcuff my guys. And if you're not going to draft Alexander Madison by the 12th round or 11th round, I got him. Tony Pollard, Madison, Gus Edwards, I, I'll get him. I'll jump in and I'll grab him. I'm not giving anybody, especially if I see somebody in my league doing zero RB. No fucking way. So Mahomes goes first. I The top guy in this scoring format for me was Travis Kelsey. He's the number one player on the board. Most valuable, obviously, being the tight end. And then the tight the point and a half per scoring, per reception. And, by the way, tight ends get an extra. It's a full point for first downs. 
um, for the first downs from a tight end. And my first two picks, number one in the NFL in catches for first downs last year, number one was DeAndre Hopkins. I got him in the second round. Number two in the league was Travis Kelsey. I got him in the first round. So very happy with the way I started the draft just real quick. I'll, I'll just do the first two rounds for you. Just so you guys know. And again, this took place several weeks ago. Mahomes, Kelsey McCaffrey went third. Kelsey was my pick. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray oh, quarterbacks, Dalvin cook, Dak Prescott, Darren Waller going uh, eighth overall, Lamar Jackson going ninth, Alvin Kamara, 10th, Saquon Barkley, 11th, Justin Herbert, 12th. And again, uh, the guy who took, a quarterback 12, Justin Herbert. And for the other guy who took Mahomes first to get Aaron Rodgers second, that's a pretty bad idea, right? Just that's a bad move. Either just what is a bad move. Austin Eckler goes 13th overall, first pick of the second round. So Herbert and Eckler back to back for that guy. Zeke Elliott goes second pick, uh, 14th overall, 15th overall, another quarterback, seventh off the board, Russell Wilson, then Derrick Henry lasts all the way. Running back seven goes to uh, um, pick 16 overall, pick 17, Jonathan Taylor, pick 18, George Kittle, pick 19, Nick Chubb, a guy right in the middle of the draft started, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. That's very nice out of the sixth slot. Then the next one, Aaron Jones. Then Devontae Adams does go number one. So give some of these guys credit that they saw the Rodgers move being positive. Or the the Rodgers come back to Green Bay, and they rolled the dice, and they won with that one. Joe Burrow. You get Joe Burrow with the um, 22nd pick overall. Okay, that's kind of shitty in my opinion, but this this absolute desperation to have two quarterbacks is hilarious to me so fine i get deandre hopkins as my second pick then rogers goes um there as uh as well uh, after rogers the guy went one two three four five straight wide receivers i mentioned he went zero running back more on that later but after ridley goes um as the uh wide receiver um fifth riders no he was the yeah third wide receiver off the board so it's five here for some reason i went with a quarterback in the third round and again i've told all of you guys hot dog no hot dog right quarter no quarterback in the first no quarterback in the second quarterback in the third no quarterback in the fourth then come back with a quarterback in the fifth well guess what i went even further than that because these guys are fucking bananas with their quarterback so i still had a guy in, and that's why i tear them all up I didn't, I drafted a quarterback in a third and then another one in the 10th. And I got a third quarterback, everybody. Cause they were all busy getting starters in round 13. I drafted a third quarterback. Who's going to start all 16 games health permitted. So my, the guy I got is Jalen hurts. Not ideal. Would I rather have had burrow or Russell Wilson or Brady? Or, yes. Yes. But I also would have rather had him than Tannehill and, um actually you know what i think i do like hurts more than brady jalen hurts we got that that running element average over 20 points a game the last four games of the season um it's not wonderful but in a two qb league like this and the other thing about this scoring format that needs to be addressed is it's an efficiency type system for quarterbacks you get a point per completion but a half point per 
incompletion. There's a lot of negative points for quarterbacks. So guys, I wanted a rushing quarterback. One of my two guys, I wanted to be, I didn't want a Brady Tannehill Stafford really, you know what I mean? Cousins. I, I wanted a guy who ran because those are raw points that don't, there's no efficiency, no, no, negative there or i wanted a high volume pocket pass or high volume pocket pass for sure um so you know mahomes and shit like that but i like jalen hurts there because matt stafford goes off next quarterback right after my third round pick and i'm like yeah i'll take i have hurts eighth i have stafford 15th so it's not wasn't even close on that uh coming back around you may notice i started this draft off with no running backs i'm a tight end receiver quarterback that is freaking it's terrifying to most people it, it, and it's terrifying to me. I did not like it. Wasn't my ideal setup. All right. But the thing you have to know, and this is what confidence is. The way you get confidence is through experience. I have a lot of experience in every type of draft you could imagine. I've butchered drafts and done bad. I've mastered draft and done well. I finish in the middle most of the time, you know, as far as not first projections, just how getting my guys, I know what to do. I have a lot of comments. So to go tight end receiver quarterback in three rounds of a big league like this took a little chutzpah. It took a little confidence. And I knew because what I know is that with all the quarterbacks that are going off the board and it's all quarterbacks and running backs. There's no receivers anymore. I knew, okay, when these, the rest of these guys are going receivers, I'm going to have to come back and pluck from the, the running back pool. And I knew in the fourth round, I, I had to get, a, I had to get a running back. So I was sweating that one out. Fortunately for me, um, in the third round, Gibson, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Cam Akers, Ooh, RIP, to Cam Akers. That guy started out, by the way, Cam Akers, that looked like a great pick because he was the third running back. Cook, Chubb, and Akers. Great start, but that really hurt him um, with Akers going down. Mixon went off the board. Najee Harris went off the board. And then I got lucky because no, after Najee Harris in the, uh, with the ninth pick of the third round, not another running back went until that same guy was on the board with the fourth pick of the fourth round. So, and that he chose DeAndre Swift. After DeAndre Swift, Matt Ryan, DK Metcalf, Cousins, Michael Thomas, ooh, RIP Michael Thomas, for at least a little bit. And then Kyle Pitts goes off the board. So I was very fortunate to get my number one running back in the fourth round, I got J.K. Dobbins. I'm high on J.K. Dobbins. Again, if you look at my running back grid over at fantasyguru.com, this is where they're the number one running attack in the National Football League. All right? And the Alomar Jackson's going to eat a lot of that yardage, and he'll get a bunch of touchdowns too. But there's plenty of meat on the bone for J.K. Dobbins. Plenty. No, he is the alpha in that backfield now, and it only can go up. Lamar Jackson's rush attempts, touchdowns, yardage can only go down. The thousand yard seasons and all that doesn't last forever with the quarterbacks. All right. And when it goes down, the guy who directly benefits is J.K. Dobbins. And uh, Gus Edwards is a going to play. They're going to use multiple backs. But again, when you have so much volume, 
And look at what Dobbins did with the touchdowns down the stretch, nine touchdowns in really eight games of playing a regular role, barely played in the beginning of the season. So I'm in, I liked it. I'm happy with him. He, I have JK Dobbins with the injury to Cam Akers. If you look at my rankings before the rankings, he was 13th. He's now 12th. That's an RB one. And I got him in the fourth round of this draft. Very excited about that. Very excited. So I was happy with Dobbins and then comes back. I knew another benefit I got is that guy next to me was going. I didn't realize it yet. Actually, at this point, I didn't know if he was going to go zero RB or not. I knew the two quarterbacks followed by receiver was risky. He went uh, AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin, two real good receivers, but that gave me my next best running back, which is exactly what I wanted. My decision though was between, I love Javante Williams. And I thought to myself, Javante is still going to be there. Nobody likes Javante Williams. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him in the next round. I could wait and he could be my third guy, which would be perfect. It did not happen. He went like five picks later, but the guy I ended up going with was Mike Davis. And the reason I chose Davis in this kit, this scenario, I have him 16th. He was the highest on my board. Um, is that he's not sharing the backfield, unlike Williams, because the running backs have thinned out at this point. Unlike Javante Williams, who I think has more upside, Mike Davis doesn't share the backfield. He's a, one, he, is the, he was the last guy that had an unquestioned backfield. He's the pass catcher. He's the goal line runner. He's the guy. All right? He, that's it. So could have had Carson, could have had Miles Sanders, but some questions there. David Montgomery – um, decided to go Mike Davis. So I'm pretty happy with it overall. Um, it came back around and, you know, I was thinking running back again. I knew I needed another guy after Carson and Sanders that went in the fifth Travis Etienne, Gaskin, Josh Jacobs. And I was thinking cream hunt and he goes two picks before me. So now at that point, there's 25 quarterbacks, 26 or 26 running backs off the board. Um, Meanwhile, I had a guy at the wide receiver position that's firmly in my top 10 who is uh, being underdraft as far as I'm concerned. Again, a top 10 wide receiver on my board. Number eight, if you guys know who that is, it's Mike Evans. Is Mike Evans crazy, sexy. He's, he doesn't have the, the appeal of Terry McLaurin or even CeeDee Lamb, but he has just as much value as any of those guys because five straight seasons of thousand plus yards. We saw it even in, in year in uh, weeks where he didn't have a lot of volume. He had a one target game and a two target game. That's concerning, but he caught touchdowns in both those games. He was, he is their, t- their goal line receiver. It's going to be touchdowns. And if you want to give me six point, you want me lesser volume, but that volume is going to count for six, seven points per what? Fine. Fuck it. I'll take it. Especially as my number two wide receiver and a sixth round pick. So uh, I, I was ecstatic with Mike Evans in that spot. Um, as I came back in the seventh round um, uh, and then I, you know, I realized at that point, that was the sixth round where I realized, okay, I could choose Evans. Who's the highest on my board because this guy next to me is going wide receivers. The only problem is I would have loved, it was Evans or CD lamb. And I love CD lamb and the guy got lamb, which is you know a good pick. But then he picked T Higgins, which was a waste. So I got my next best running back and um, I took Michael Carter 
I took Michael Carter, the jets instead of Trey sermon of the 49ers, which I, I wanted to get the 49ers backfield Mostert and sermon, but the problem I had was that I was so thin with the split backfield Dobbins already that I just wasn't confident. I was going to be able to land both 49er running backs. I know that in New York, there's a secret. This is where I talk about the building your draft strategy from bottom to top from the late rounds early. I knew I can get Tevin Coleman because nobody on planet earth is drafting Tevin Coleman yet. My coaching breakdowns will show you they brought Tevin Coleman in to be the lead, to be the mentor to Carter in this running game um, because he's got every single coach on the offensive side of the ball has worked with him. Every offensive coach is from Atlanta or San Francisco, both places Coleman was. So I don't think much of Coleman, but I know I could secure that backfield. In a 22-round draft, I knew deep into it, any player I could get that had some kind of value that wasn't just a random scratch-off lottery ticket would be valuable. And I strongly felt that I can get, strongly felt that I'd be able to get uh, Coleman instead of uh, um Mostert or Sermon. I would have taken Sermon first. And, uh, you know, as it played out, um, it technically did not work out because I could have got Sermon with that pick. And then the next round, when it came back to me, I could have actually had Mostert. Surprised by that. Mostert ended up going in the ninth round. So it could have technically worked out. I probably would have preferred to do that. I actually thought, I thought Mostert went before that. So, I, you know, that's a mistake that I made, but that's the reason I made that mistake and went that direction. So now I've got one quarterback. I've got the, a great start with my, at this point, this is my number one wide receiver on my board, my number eight wide receiver, two top 10 receivers. Um, I had a top 12 and a top 15, top 16 running back as my running backs. I had the greatest weapon in this draft in Travis Kelsey, and I had a dual threat quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So I'm feeling really good. Comes back in the eighth round, and um, at that point, Mostert was there, Fournette was there, some running backs, but nobody I was really jonesing for and so i thought about the quarterback position at this point because um uh, i thought i'd be able to get justin fields real late but he ended up going in the sixth round baker mayfield goes in the sixth round Tua goes in the sixth round the only guy i had on the board i thought i'll be able to get um ben roethlisberger coming back here in the eighth while roethlisberger was like seven picks before me so came back and the best player sitting on my board was a wide receiver three. And it was Deontay Johnson, one of Roethlisberger's receivers who I love Deontay. You guys know this. We were on him last year, entire elite mafia. And by the way, he is my 18th ranked wide receiver. So I got three top 18 guys at wide receiver. The number one, uh, one top 12 running back two top 16. I mean, I'm, I, again, my rankings are what they are. I, I'm getting my guys in this draft. I'm excited about it. Um, so I had him go, and then uh, that guy next to me started polishing off the Fournette Mosses, which is garbage. I went back to the wide receiver spot, and um, again, this was three weeks ago, so I made a bit of a mistake here too. DJ Chark versus Robbie Anderson. 
I had that choice. I took DJ Chark instead of Robbie. And it's a bummer because I have Robbie ahead of him at this point. I'm very high on both of those guys, though. And I think they're massive upside plays. Don't forget, there's four flex starting positions here. So you could, I'm going to start Deontay. I'm going to start DJ Chark. Like these are guys I'm going to start on the regular. So, you know, that's, they're still starters in here. Um, That was my ninth round pick. So at this point, I've got Evans, Hopkins, Deontay, Chark as receivers, Dobbins, Mike Davis with a Mike Carter split. Kelsey is a stud, Jalen Hurts. When I, you know, what else happened around nine is Sam Darnold went off the board, one of the quarterbacks that I definitely higher on than most people. And that is probably a mistake going Shark over Darnold or Robbie Anderson. When it came back to me in the tent, it, another huge quarterback run went. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Zach Wilson, Taysom Hill, who I thought for sure at this point I was going to get because everyone thinks Winston's going to win the job. He's not. Taysom Hill will win. So I thought I'd get him. Jimmy Garoppolo goes off the board. Fucking Deshaun Watson goes, I was going to make the Watson play even three weeks ago. I thought I'd get him in the 20th round, but he goes in the 10th. Crazy. So the quarterback pool is, I needed my second quarterback. I'm not happy with it, but I want Daniel Jones, another guy with rushing upside. And I did this podcast. If you're a regular listener, two episodes ago, I gave you, I think the Giants have that potential as being a massive upside off, uh, offense that nobody's paying attention to. The weapons was Saquon, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, both tight ends. You've got Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, John Ross, fucking um, – uh, why am I leaving out one of their wide receivers? Uh, Galladay Slayton, uh, Shepard, right? Kadarius Tony, that was the other one, the first round draft pick. Uh, I mean, they're just loaded, loaded. So, and Daniel Jones runs the football. So, I'm not thrilled with it. I don't love it as my second quarterback, but there's also not, nobody's really going to threaten Mike Lennon is his backup he's gonna start so at least I'm I know I'm gonna be able to lock in that super flex all year and quite frankly uh, a couple rounds later I was able to get Jared Goff in the 13th and that just made my day that really helped me because Goff there's nobody backing up Jared Goff in Detroit there's nobody threatening him for a job and the Lions defense is gonna suck they're gonna throw a lot there so I'm pretty happy Hurts, Jones, and Goff, you guys aren't going to be thrilled with that that quarterbacks, but I think a lot of you get really thrown off in super flex two quarterbacks leagues where you ha- you think just like these guys in, in my draft, they're taking two quarterbacks first two rounds. You're overdrafting. There's no purpose in overdrafting that position because they all score great points. You're, you're losing out on the premium wideouts and running backs, but I digress. So Daniel Jones was my 10th round pick, 11th round pick, thrilled to death. Gus Edwards, Gus the bus. So now I just did it. I made my draft. I locked in that Baltimore running back. I lied. Gus Edwards running back 42 off the board. Now, quite frankly, I want one of them to get hurt. Right. I mean, goddamn, of course I want one of them to get hurt. fucking break your leg, whatever. Dobbins or Edwards is a lone wolf. Oh, the backfield of Baltimore, 
all day, baby. All day, I'll take it. Edwards has a little bit of standalone appeal. I don't want that to happen. I don't want him to. I wouldn't want to start both of them, but it's it's a nice weapon and one that I was thrilled to get in round 11 to come back. Uh, every draft I do, every draft this year, I will have Nicole Hardman. And I draft him in the 12th round of Scott Fishbowl. I will draft him in every draft I ever do because I think Tyreek Hill gets hurt. I am so super confident in Tyreek Hill's injury this year and Hardman ascending. It's not even funny. So 46th wide receiver off the board. Good grief. I'll take it all day. I mentioned Jared Goff in round 13. Uh, and then I add to it round 14. Jalen Rieger is happy to get him. I'm Rieger and Jalen hurts. This is a overall league where you get overall points does matter because they we, we graduate to the playoffs and things like that. So I took Rieger. He's the big play guy. Devontae Smith's a rookie. Everyone's drafting him as if he's the guarantee number one in Philadelphia, which I don't believe is true. Rieger and Hurts had good chemistry last year. And in his second year, both of these second year, that could be a relationship that pays off. And if it does, having that connection week in and week out could be an absolute boom. And to get him in the 14th round, is thrilled. 15th round, guess what? Got my guy, Tevin Coleman. Just as I said. That's why I, you know, I did it. And um, do you want to start the Jets running back? No. No, you do not. But in the 15th round, when you're drafting Byron Pringle and O.J. Howard and Eric Ebron and Brian Edwards and all this crap, Amari Rogers, when you're drafting all that, I got myself a useful piece for my team. If Michael Carter's going good, wonderful. It's great for me. But if he doesn't, if he or if he gets hurt, Tevin Coleman being there, fine. I guess starting running back in that round. Uh, 16th round, I went for a value play, Brashad Perriman. Uh, I mentioned this before on the Sirius XM show. Brashad Perriman's dad was a guy named Brett Perriman. Brett Perriman and Herman Moore, one of the greatest wide receiver duos to ever play the game, played in Detroit from like 91 through 95 or 96. Scott Mitchell era, Gus Farratt era back in Detroit, and Wayne Fonts. These guys were dynamic, played a run-and-shoot offense. I used to lo- – I love Herman Moore, one of my favorite all-time players. But Brett Perriman was always the guy who pissed me off because he caught touchdowns and productive. Well, guess what? Brashad Perriman had other opportunities. He decided – that he would uh, that he would go to Detroit because he wanted to be in Detroit, and he is Jared Goff's guy. That's where he is. So, um, you know that that's a big deal, and uh, uh, you know a real big deal that he wanted to play there and be a part of what they're building in Detroit. So. I like it. It's got ties to the city. He lived there. He's born. I think he's born there. Um, wasn't born there. He was born in Georgia. But, uh, you know, in uh, while well, Brett Perriman was uh, uh, playing for the Lions in 1993, that's when Brashad was indeed born. So had a lot of times with his, his uh, a kid, you know, playing with the Lions. It meant something to him. So fuck it. He's the number one receiver in the Lions. I have Jared Goff. If something happens there, I've got that connection. Um, so I hope you guys are understanding the way I think. I, 
every pick I make is for very calculated, specific reasons. James White in the 17th, I can't believe he was still there. Just a value play, a standalone. I don't love my running backs. That's I think that's the weakness of this team. And um, so getting a guy like White, especially if Mac Jones were to take over at some point, I think it's a big boom. Uh, Denzel Mims, just a total lottery ticket at pick 18 pick Dalton Schultz and Jack Doyle back to back in rounds 19 and 20 pick Joshua Kelly in round 21, having that backup. Cause you know, I love the Chargers situation and guess what your boys last pick round 22, ladies and gentlemen, last pick 22nd round next to last pick in the Scott fishbowl draft, Randall Cobb booyah did not, I drafted him with the Texans, man. I didn't think anything was going to happen going back to the Packers, but getting a little lucky with that one. Hey, rather be lucky than good any day. All right. So that's my Scott fishbowl draft. Um, I don't want to keep you guys forever. I know I'm, we're at an hour already. I will go through my pros versus Joe's draft. It won't take nearly as long. It was only 18 rounds. Um, this is a great event, by the way, uh, myffpc.com. We are doing a great special $25 off your first entry into any. You could do a $35 best ball league or $77 um, draft league. It's all, or you could do a $1,900 main event league to win half a million dollars in which we're giving away one of those over at fantasyguru.com, an entry to the $1,900 main event for the FFPC. They do this event every year, and I love it. It's pros versus Joes, six people from the industry, six regular FFPC players, although they're very good players over there, and we're squaring off in this uh, tight end premium. It's another tight end premium league, which is pretty crazy. I'm drafting all these um, this early. I drew the 10th slot, and I didn't. I don't love the 10th slot. I wanted to be somewhere in the middle. I've said, and I usually don't want to be in the middle. I would have liked to have been third, second, third, or a third, fourth, or f- anywhere from third to seventh kind of is where I was feeling because I would have got Kelsey, Waller, or Eckler. I was hoping that those were my targets in this one. It ends up going McCaffrey, Cook, Kelsey, third. I like that pick at third. Um, Camara fourth, Henry fifth, Zeke sixth. So I'm starting to get excited sitting there with pick 10, but then Darren Waller off the board at seven. Okay, fine. Austin Eckler eighth. Ah, son of a bitch. That pissed me off. That was my guy. Tyreek Hill ninth. So at this point, if you guys know me, you know I have six running backs that I will draft at that point. McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Eckler, and Chubb. You know that. So at 10, pick 10, every one of those running backs are off the board. McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Henry, Eckler. Uh-oh, except for Nick Chubb. Did I take Nick Chubb? No, I did not. And I'll tell you why. I went to Devontae Adams. Adams' value with Rodgers is the number one receiver in the game. Okay, if everybody's, I didn't, you know, Taylor was definitely on my radar. Nick Chubb, of course, was on my radar. Saquon Barkley, I didn't want any part of at that stage. Um, Here's what I did. I rolled the dice a bit. I felt, based on ADP of, uh, and the picks, the two picks uh, by me, one industry person and one player, I knew, I had a good feeling 
that Kittle was going to be one of those four picks before it got back to me. I knew Taylor would be off the board there. So that leaves just two, one running back slot and probably either a Hopkins, Ridley, or Diggs was going to go to. And my assumptions were right. Nick Chubb's been going in the second round of this draft. And the two people next to me took Barkley, then Taylor, then Diggs, then Kittle. So I got Nick Chubb in the second round with Devontae Adams. Fucking thrilled over the moon to get my boy. So I'm happy about that. The rest of the second round, Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hopkins, Gibson, then another running back, Gibson, Harris, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf goes last pick of the second round. Third round, a bunch of my favorites, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, CD Lamb, Terry McLaurin, JK Dobbins was kind of hoping for JK. Dude, if I could get him end of third, I'd be happy. The thing that started exciting me here is that we had the three premium tight ends off the board, but there was also Kyle Pitts still kind of lingering around and Mark Andrews, who's a very strong tight end. And in tight end premium format like this, in the late third, early fourth round, I was kind of getting excited. Kyle Pitts goes sixth pick of the third round, unfortunately. Allen Robinson goes, and then more running backs. Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift. So I had to go back. I went back to the running back pool, all right? And I decided that in this, since I had Devontae Adams, the number one receiver in in my format, I felt that receivers weren't being valued um, or, or and I feel, felt that running backs were being valued at this point. Everybody was just plurging them. So I want to go running a little bit running back heavy here and take it. And I want Mike Davis again, for the same reasons I mentioned with Scott fishbowl draft, Mike Davis is my third pick. Uh, Mahomes goes off the board. Andrews goes off the board after me. I was c- going to consider Adams on the way back in round four. DJ Moore, Julio Jones, also off the board. So I said, fuck it. I got my guys. We roll with our boys. Javante Williams, pick four. This point, Chubb and Davis are my running backs. And Javante as my third is exactly, that's that's what I want. I want Javante as my third, uh, you know, to start the season. Because that gives me that buffer. Um, so that was my fourth round pick. My fifth round pick then. It's funny because more receivers went off the board than I had bargained for. So I had to zig in the fifth round, Lockett, Shamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, son of a bitch. Those guys I loved so much. Thielen all go off the board. Oh, no, Beckham goes off the board right before me. It was pissed about that. So I did a thing and I did what I talk about all the time. And I handcuffed even in the fifth round, I want Kareem Hunt. So now I locked in the Browns running backs for the whole season. Again, just like I did with the Ravens before you want to injure one of these guys, go ahead. God take, just do your best because I get, you're going to best thing to happen is an injury. Now see what I did is take immense power in my draft in both of the, with the Ravens running game and the fishbowl and in the Browns running game here, the two of the three best running games in the national football league. Now I don't worry about, an injury and an injury only benefits me. The worst thing is these guys both stay healthy. That's, that's a great spot. That's power. So I got cream hunt in the fifth. I came back in the sixth did not like my least favorite pick of the entire draft. I went no offense. It is tight end premium. He is a threat for 70, 80 catches Broncos offense. I, I like him better with Bridgewater than I do drew lock, but you know, seventh tight end off the board. I didn't love it. 
And uh, I'll show you later on how I, um, when I don't love a pick, what I do. So he was my sixth round pick. Um, at this point, seventh round, I knew I needed, I needed to fill out wide receivers. And I knew I was going to be wide receiver heavy going forward. I want DJ Chark in this round. So I got DJ Chark in both leagues. Two picks that I'm not ecstatic about. I'm just not. the. Oh, there was a problem in this draft, and I don't you – know, I love the FFPC. I love it. But the guy that was drafted in front of me was what we call slow, and he had connection issues. Well, what happened was he got timed out, and he was – he, by rule, got Michael Thomas – with that pick in the seventh round. When he went Michael Thomas, I, who number one in my queue, wanted Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was the receiver I wanted, was the guy. That's who I was getting at that spot, and I was thrilled to get it. Draft continues for two more picks, and then the commissioner stops. It rolls all the way, said, oh, no, he didn't want Michael Thomas. What? He wanted Cortland Sutton. Took my pick from me. Mm. I don't feel good about that. I didn't like that. So I wanted Sutton, not Chark, but I digress. Mike Williams off the board next. I didn't think that was going to happen because the other guy I thought I'd get on the way back was Mike Williams. So he's off the board. And then I'm like, all right, well, at this point, I've got Melvin Gordon to lock in Javante Williams in the Denver running game. And Melvin Gordon goes two picks later in the eighth round. So <laughs> at this point, your boy's like, shit, you bitches. I'm out of, uh, I'm out of ideas. I got to lock in. I will lock in my last of the um, second tier quarterbacks in this format. And that's, uh, I just said, you know, screw it. I'm going to lock in that the, um, he's not actually the last. He's right up there. My tier two guys, technically tier three, let's call it. Cause I have Mahomes on his own tier, but you get the idea. And that's Justin Herbert. You know, at this point, I realized, all right, I'm, I didn't get Eckler. I didn't get Williams. So how do I get exposure to Eckler? How do I get exposure to Williams? It's Justin Herbert. And if he takes that step forward that I talk about all the time, if he does it, eighth quarterback off the board, he can be – he's in the Mahomes conversation if he does it. I don't – most quarterbacks don't, but I'm okay with it. Coming back in the ninth round, and this is, you know, I underestimated the runs of wide receivers. Michael Thomas eventually goes off the board, Curtis Samuel, Michael Pittman, Will Fuller, uh, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel, Antonio Brown, Michael Gallup, Jalen Waddle, Marquise Brown, like all these guys are flying off the freaking board. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I identify at this point in the draft, I knew I need to do something, either dive in now, but I looked at ADP, compared it to what I'm doing where my draft pocket of value is at the receiver position. And I said, all right, I'm going to need to pick a ton of receivers going forward here. And it wasn't that spot. The guy I had highest on my radar, I made up for my Noah Fant pick by going Mike Gusecki. I'm in on Gusecki this year, especially if two was that quarterback. Now there's rumors of Watson possibly going there and so on and so forth. But I have, Mike Gusecki, uh, I have Noah Fant fifth at tight end. I have Gusecki ninth. So I have two top tight end, top 10 tight ends. So that gives me weaponry as a flex out. There's two flex plays every single week in this as well. So like, he was the highest by far at that position for me and uh, why I went there. After that, I went 
just ran a bunch of wide receivers. And, you know, this is what happens whether a running back or if you don't feel good about a position, I felt incredibly strong at running back. I felt adequate after the Gusecki pick. I felt good. I should say at tight end, I felt good at quarterback. I felt decent at receiver, but I knew I need another guy to pop. So what do I draft folks? Say it with me. Me, Cole Hardman. I'm having him in every draft. I will have him everywhere. I drafted him again. All right. My next one, two, three, four, five picks were all receivers. I went all guys who I think could break out this year because of improved situations around them. Mecole Hardman, Henry Ruggs, T.Y. Hilton. You've heard me talk about Hilton with Carson Wentz going deep again. Prashad Perriman, who I just talked about, the uh, more of a baseline play at the wide receiver, and then Paris Campbell in Indianapolis. So I've got two of the Colts guys in there and um, you know, with Pittman's injury history, it could be a thing. So went with a ton of wide receivers in that range. Don't love the tight end squad or the uh, wide receiver squad, but Adams leading it puts a lot less pressure. If Tyreek goes down as I think, holy shit to have Michael Hardman as a number two with Chark. I think rugs can break out you know, and then I'll have some work to do. And, you know, Perriman Hilton all have claims to it, to the starting lineup. But um, and if they all bottom out, I could start Kaseki and Fant most weeks, you know, so I'm okay. And I could start more. I could start all the wide, the running backs. I could technically start Chubb and Hunt. I could start Mike Davis. I could start Chubb, Davis, Williams every single week and Kareem Hunt. I could start all of them. And then in the 15th round, Tevin Coleman, Again, you got, I'm taking the same guy. I'll draft the same team in the 16th round. Uh Oh, daddy did something bad. Deshaun Watson took him in the 16th. I took Sam Darnold in the 17th to make sure I had a backup quarterback. Cause Watson, I'll either drop one of them. I didn't care. And then Denzel Mims was my last pick in round 18. So there you guys go. That was my pros versus Joe's draft. If you got any questions, any concerns, anything you think of that I missed out on or should have done, or you want to talk, what else, any other points about my draft or things, reasoning why I took certain picks. Um, that's what I hope this podcast and this episode brought forth to you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We've got an absolute, I have a world class round table planned for you for the next episode talking football, but man, uh, anybody ever want to go behind the scenes to elite sports? Yep. We're going to have a good one next week. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. That will do it for episode 76 here. Everybody again, once I appreciate each and you, each and every one of you downloading, commenting, you know, spread the word. If you can give the rating system, you know, hit it up with five stars or however many or whatever you believe. I'm not going to be the guy to tell you what to do, but hopefully you're enjoying what you're listening to. And uh, you could comment on that. You get feedback either to me on Twitter or on the reviews on Podbean, Google play, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts every time. I, it means a lot. Those ratings are important these days. So I would appreciate anything you guys could bring forth to that end. Again, follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Come in the Fantasy Guru draft room, everybody. It's, it's right there for you. 
come in, chat with us in real time, get live draft advice. If you're on the clock, we will help you on react to injuries or Aaron Rodgers news or COVID protocols or whatever it is that's on your mind, folks. That's what we are here for. Again, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every weekday on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. Hopefully you guys tuning into that. Got some good things planned for you in the days and weeks ahead on this podcast. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Thank you for listening to Episode 76. Remember, you may agree or disagree with anything that you heard on today's episode, and it's perfectly all right. Why? it was one man's opinion you know that we'll see you next time everybody deuces